This is a Rooster Teeth production. In the mid-1990s, tales of a disturbing creature began to emerge from Puerto Rico. People claimed to see this mysterious animal attack livestock, leaving them drained of blood. Today, we look into what we know about the first popular cryptid of the internet age, the chupacabra. This is Red Web. We are back with another cryptid here on Mystery Monday. I'm Trevor Collins. That's Alfredo Diaz. This is Red Web. I'm excited for this one. Bro, the chupa. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so slight background on myself. I am all types of mix in terms of nationalities and ethnicities. So my father is uh, Mexican. My mother is Filipino, African-American, Chinese. That being said, every time going over to my grandmother's house on my dad's side uh-huh it was just like you know back in mexico this happened and i and you know like all these uncles like these older uncles tell yeah oh, this happened to my friend and his cattle bro and it's just like i I don't, <laughs> I don't believe none of this oh but don't you mm, i'm like i don't i don't i don't believe none of this i don't know man it's wild because What's what's interesting about this case, dude, is and we'll go into it, is that livestock were definitely winding up dead. Livestock were definitely being yeah, found under mysterious, cir- yeah, under mysterious circumstances, and it was a big problem. Now we can get way ahead of the game and say, like, is this kind of like, uh, you know, crop circles where it right. becomes a popular idea and people go out and start doing these things? But uh, this is this is quintessential cryptid territory. But I didn't even realize, honestly how i guess relatively recent this is this is this doesn't have a deep history and it's one of the first cryptids to transfer over to the internet age and really blow up online i'm you know i'm excited to jump into this because they told me nothing but like these big crazy stories and never any like details of like uh-huh. you know any background of any sort whatsoever um and then on top of that it was always just like these large and in charge like big over-the-top stories, and when I asked questions, they didn't have anything to fill those gaps. So I'm looking forward to actually, like, diving into this and then maybe going back and educating my family during the holidays. (laughs) You're like, okay, you can't just, like, make this a banger story just so you can have it. Like, you... Where's your evidence? Where's the deets? I'm living for the deets. Something, man. Yeah. Something. You know what I mean? I'd have like my grandmother try to scare me with this story. My uncle's trying to say these crazy things. And I'm just like, all right. Oh, man. If we get to it, I would love to hear one of those stories if you're comfortable with it. We'll go through kind of like the legend here of the Chupacabra and then some of the sightings, its origin potential. And before we get mm-hmm. to the theories, maybe uh, maybe we'll sneak in some some stuff from uh, <laughs> from my past from Grandma Fredo. You know, <laughs> I, I, listen, you, you've got there's like there's something here. You've got tangible familial mind. evidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's dive in. As many of you know, if you've heard of the Chupacabra, you've heard how the name has been pulled apart. So it's a Spanish name and it's a combination of two words. Chupar, meaning to suck, and cabra, meaning goat. So we have on our hands the elusive, the wild, the scary goat sucker. <laughs> Man, <laughs> out here sucking goats dry. <laughs> like, 
I mean, I guess. You know what I mean? <laughs> if that, I mean, that's his thing. Goats better than humans, uh, babies, children, anything like that. So, yeah, no, I don't want to. I won't even say it, but you put it in my head. Mm hmm. Dog sucker. No. I'll keep my I'll keep my little corgi indoors. Please. For both of us. <laughs> For both of our things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, little God, we've got to be protected. But here's the thing that I didn't really know about the name, is that the name came from comedian Silverio Perez, who coined the name when he talked about the first incidents on the radio back in 1995. So it kind of makes sense that it has a bit of a comedic undertone, okay, but it is, yeah. it, but it does make sense uh, on paper for, for exactly what the incidents and the uh, witness accounts kind of say about the creature. But... The popular Latin American cryptid is kind of described in general as a vampire-like creature that attacks animals and then sucks their blood. We'll dive into some details later on regarding the look of these creatures because there are two distinct accounts for what these creatures supposedly look like depending on where you've seen them or where you've heard of them. The first report of the Chupacabra emerged from the mid-1990s in Puerto Rico. Sightings have occurred primarily in the Latin American region, but also in the southwestern area of the United States. Sometimes there's even been a few incidents, like recently, within the last few years, in the Oregon region, so the northwest. So it's, it's whatever it is, mm, it's on it's the moving move. moving around. Mm-hmm. So the sightings of these creatures, when seen, they tend to be at night because that's their MO. They tend to prey at night, so these creatures, whatever they are, are nocturnal in their activities. Livestock carcasses tend to be left behind by the creature with large puncture wounds in their necks and no blood whatsoever. Fully drained, down to the bone, like me sucking on a Capri Sun down to the straw to get the straw imprint out the silver mm -hmm. back of the, you know, little pouch. Gotta get every last every drop, drop of that Pacific Cooler, man. I like, know. You, you know. Those crackers be dry <laughs> as hell sometimes, boy. <laughs> man, I, I score a goal in my my five-year-old uh, soccer game. I'm yep. sucking down some pre-suns. That's, dude, it's tasty. Gotta rehydrate, you know, with the <laughs> one electrolyte I need, sugar. But anyway, it's usually not just one body that's left behind. And it tends to be on uh, on ranches and on farms where there are plenty of livestock and, and whoever owns them will come out in the morning to multiple bodies being left behind after a night. And per its namesake, it seems that goats are its favorite meal, but uh, other creatures are victims to this creature as well. Cows, chickens, and many others. This is the one through thread that maintains. So like I said, while the, the physical description of the creature tends to ebb and flow where you're seeing this, the mm. main MO of this creature is that it has an attack pattern on livestock and nocturnal activity. So with that said, let's dive into the Puerto Rico sightings of the Chupacabra and maybe some potential origins as to what might have inspired it. Okay. Yeah, so we have the Chupacabra, and some say that it might have stemmed from a legend back in 1975, where there was an incident in a small Puerto Rican town of Mocha, where 15 animals were found dead and drained entirely of their blood. They tended to be cows in particular, and they had two holes in their necks. So whatever caused this, this incident was nicknamed the Vampiro de Mocha, or the vampire, obviously, of the town Mocha. The story of Vampiro de Mocha may have influenced the legend of the Chupacabra because it wasn't until around March of 1995 that we began to really build the narrative of what has come to be known modernly as the Chupacabra. 
So in 1995, in March specifically, we have eight sheep that were found with holes in their necks. So a very similar situation here, mm. but this time not necessarily a one-off because there will be more incidents to come. Now, despite the attack, they didn't appear to have bled from their wounds. It's as if they were drained of their blood intentionally. There's no blood spilled on the ground. It seems that they're, they're sucked dry and left behind. So whatever it was, was, was after them intentionally. Man, this creature ran around just sucking the soul out of these, these livestock, man. Dementus kiss. And it's, okay, so only <laughs> the, the Dementus. Yeah, I see, I hear you like, I can hear the gears turning as you're like, huh, yes. And I just come in with the, ah, that The Dementus. Yeah, sucking your soul out, man. Too, coming there, sucking your soul out, man. Um, I mean, you know, that's unfortunate, right? Because if you're, if that, if you're living, if you're a farmer and that's how you, you know, earn your living and exactly. stuff, your livestock's being killed off. There you go. Your yeah, livelihood. I mean, Maybe I how you're, how you're eaten. Gone. I mean, like, do I believe in the Chupacabra? No, I don't. At the same time, it's like, okay, so then there's these people that are out there doing this. Like, that's weird. So are they just sticking these right? needles inside the kid, like livestock and just sucking out the blood. I don't know, man. It, it is weird, but they're like, they're definitely like big holes, like perfectly round holes. They tend to be, they tend to be like three in a triangular pattern, but sometimes two, sometimes one, they all vary. So it seems like wh whoever's doing this, whoever's at the top of this pyramid scheme of sucking blood yep. really needs to get their guidelines straight. So all yeah. the, all the people out in the fields can unify, uh, <laughs> but it's interesting, man. I don't know what I would think if I woke up and all my goats were sucked bone dry. I would be very Making confused. jerky on the bone, dude. And I'd want to, I don't know, man. You know, maybe there's like a a local witch or something like that. You know what mm. I'm saying? That's got some kind of, they need to have that that blood for some kind of ritual. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, you know, that's because that's just what they believe in. Well, that is the gut instinct of Alfredo Diaz that I'm looking for, because that's kind of what the locals were thinking, that they were thinking that these were attacks that were perpetrated by satanic cults or people that identified as vampires, perhaps, you know, like you were saying, witchcraft, someone who would need blood for whatever ritual or magics that they were attempting. But a few months later, we have Madeline Tolentino, who was reported to have seen the beast for the very first time on the eastern side of Puerto Rico and Canovanas. So after this sighting, she was nicknamed Chupacabra Patient Zero. And this kind of stayed with her because she had another sighting later in August of 1995, where she saw something outside of her window that was almost alien-like in appearance. And here's how she describes it. It was about four to five feet tall on two legs. It had fangs, short arms with long claws, scaly, gray skin, perhaps reptilian in nature, with spines running down its back and a hunched stature with large glowing red eyes. Very spooky, very creepy to see something like that. Not familiar to anything earthly that we've seen, but similar to some, uh, maybe this is a bald mothman. I like to bring everything back to mothman, yeah, you know? You know that, Yeah, he's so mothy. He's mothing Don't touch around. his wings, though. It's just so much dust on so, you. So much dust. And maybe, <laughs> maybe he batted around too many light bulbs, lost his dust, and now he's scaly. I mean, like, four to five feet tall. Man, kick that. <laughs> kick that little thing him. across the room. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come at yeah. me with those things. You just, like... Look, if you're saying, like, like you six foot, you know what I'm saying? Thing. I'm like, ooh, dang, I, I don't know about that. I don't know if I'm up for, like, yeah, boxing Yeah, he's, like, six thing. five, handsome as f 
coming at you live. No. <laughs> Trying to come after that blood. Uh, yeah, I'm a four, four or five foot tall, man. You just give a big old boot kick. Yeah. No, I mean, that's true. And she actually screamed as as anybody with a sane brain would, would do. I would freak out and run away. But she screamed when she saw it. And what's interesting is the thing was startled enough to run away. So what this tells me is that it has a preservation instinct and that it's not maybe not an apex predator, right? Like if a, if you screamed at a bear, I don't know if it would necessarily run away. Might come at you, might front on you, might stand up and start getting aggressive. That or the chupacabra's got a, a couple of pals it's going to like go get and, and oh, come back. Man. All right, yeah. We're talking about get a some gang backup. of chupacabras and never mind. Like, I don't, I don't you know, know what about I mean? that. I was just saying like a family or something. Hey, I only got two legs, bro. I don't know if you just start wailing on like six of them with these two legs. It's, you know, I'll get surrounded way yeah. too easily. But yeah, I'd be very interested to hear if there's like, if there's any like tales of a group of them. Right. Um, like I've a only pack. ever heard of one at a time yeah. ever. It's like there was just the one. I'm just leaning on the skittish nature of it. That's I'm I'm appreciative of that. Yeah. Come in, suck some blood, run off when something alive comes at you. But by this time that she had seen it, screamed about it, seen the whole uh, reptilian nature of it, 150 animals had been killed and reported about in the area, and they were all attributed to this mysterious chupacabra. So whether it's the creature or whether it is something uh, more human-oriented behind it, it, regardless, animals are unfortunately meeting their demise, and livestock, you know, ranchers and, and farmers of the nature are losing their livestock. And this was happening almost daily. Oh, da oh, okay. So, yeah, so damn. this was a very common occurrence. Just a thirsty as hell, running Something, around. Something's running around. It's just sucking it up, man. Just no, no remorse whatsoever. It just the thirst. Yeah. Okay. Well, from this, you know, a lot of people stayed up late or just became nocturnal themselves so they could guard their livestock. Like you mentioned, this could be their livelihood. Yeah. This could be how they get their own sustenance. But many others left town entirely. I'm, I don't want to deal with this. We're on an island with whatever this creature is. We're going to leave. Oh, it, yeah. I mean, interesting that you just to just escape. There's so many times when, you know, what we're watching like a horror movie or... Or, you know, you're telling me these crazy stories and whatnot. And I'm just like, just get up and get out. Walk away. Yeah, right. Just walk away. And they're doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I'd just leave. Mm-hmm. I'm with those folks. I'm heading out of town. But one person claimed that the Chupacabra even tried to get into their house. So we have Misael Negron Melendez, who saw it peeking through their window in the middle of the night. I can't imagine how unsettling that would be to witness whether even if it was a person, almost especially if it was a person actually, but whether it was a person or a mistaken sighting of some other creature, I don't want you peeking in my window at night. No, hell no. Yeah. So I don't know if this means that the creature's now become aware of people or if it's maybe uh, it's got a new hunger for that human blood. But yeah, a lot of people were really, really deeply unsettled by this and rightly so. At this time, countless articles were written about the Chupacabra attacks, and that really lit the fuse. I mean, this, this story spread very quickly through the Latin America area, and more and more attacks were, were being reported, were being attributed to this Chupacabra, and some of these later accounts actually describe the Chupacabra as having wings. So in my humble opinion, now we have the, the beginnings mm -hmm. of the spiraling, right, that yep. you naturally see with these, with these types of wild stories. Now, it takes away some of the credibility, in my opinion. 
you know, you're, you're starting to really build up the stories and, and the sightings, the descriptions are starting to get a little bit more outlandish, I guess, or a little bit more whimsical. Could you imagine how frustrating it would be if you actually really saw something and then people in the local area also started to see something, right? Oh and then my it's gosh. just like, okay, like me and my small town or small village, we are seeing this thing. I trust these people. We're seeing this thing. And all of a sudden, people from the town across or, or, or the village out yonder are just like, yeah, man, I saw it too, and it had wings. I'm like, <laughs> it didn't have any wings. What are you talking about? Yeah, right? Right? Crazy, crazy whip. They would start whipping my cattle around. I'm like, what do you know? That's not stop. There's a serious <laughs> issue going on here. You're trying to get like publicity off of this thing. Yeah. This thing came and brutally attacked my goats. And I've had this goat farm for generations. Yeah, I seen this thing come at me tongue first, flipping <laughs> yeah. it around, spitting, drooling, out of, and then it flew off into the night. Like, yeah, yeah no, I'd yeah. be like, come on, this thing step flew down, trying try to make out with me. It was wild. He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to suck me dry. <laughs> yeah, that would be incredibly frustrating mm. because, like, that's that's what makes this challenging. Is because on one hand. Now, this is a good moment to recognize. I was trying to find this tweet desperately, but you guys are amazing, I want to say, at interacting with us on, on the Red Web Twitter page, at Red Web Pod, where we're going to post photos of Chupacabra and other accounts and things like that. But you guys are, are awesome. When we, we talked about the Jersey Devil, we talked about the theory that there are many, many undiscovered creatures. In fact, there, there was a bird only recently that was known about. People had seen it, had written stories about it. There were eyewitness accounts all over the place. No photographic or video evidence whatsoever until recently. So it, it is entirely possible that there is some form of creature. It doesn't have to be a ghost or a vampire or, or, or alien or anything a little bit more extreme. It can simply be a creature that we just don't know about that can live in isolated areas that we haven't fully discovered. And so that's what's so deeply fascinating about cryptids when they first start, at least, especially one like this that seems a little bit more based in nature. It's not so much humanoid uh, or or like whimsical. Right, not Bigfoot. Right. And so like it makes my little brain pique its interest. It, I'm like, oh, maybe there's something here. Maybe there's like, maybe the the truth is stranger than the story. But then you're right, you know, when, when your neighbor comes through and starts slapping wings and devil horns on it, you're like, uh, now we're really starting to muddy the water on what could have been. Yeah. And then people start to go, ah, that's just a fun story. Yeah, right. And I, I completely agree with you, right? And I mean, I already discussed and, and talked about this before in a previous episode where, you know, we are discovering all these different types of species of uh, insects and, and amphibians and animals and whatnot in the Amazon. Uh, all the time because it's just so dense and there's just so much life there. And obviously that can apply to, right, uh, the forest or different parts of the world uh, that aren't really explored as much as, you know, like a big, huge city. And and the ocean itself, right? That big, huge, oh, God. deep, dark depth of the ocean. Oh, like, man, I've seen some pictures. I've Ooh. seen, you're right. We've seen pictures of like people go all the way down to like, uh, you know, the, the ocean floor just at certain depths and find some creatures that we've just never seen before, you know? And the giant just, squid, man, that was only recently proven. That's terrifying. Like, like <laughs> truly proven and seen on film alive. That uh, was wild. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I can totally see that. Now, do I believe like, can there be something of, of the sort? Uh, sure. I'm sure it's blown out of proportion. 
Hmm. 100%. I feel that. But let's talk about the transition from Puerto Rico, the island of Puerto Rico, over to Mexico and the border there with the Southwest United States. There's a lot of interesting stories there that kind of come all the way up till recent years. But in the early 2000s, it's a few years following the Puerto Rico sightings and accounts, but attacks similar to those that were happening in Puerto Rico were discovered in Mexico, Central America, and as I mentioned, various uh, spots around the southwestern United States. Animals were left dead, found in the morning, and drained entirely of blood. However, when a predator was sighted, it looked much different than Puerto Rican legend. So it's so we finally have another sighting attributed to these incidents, or at least a confident sighting, right? Someone saying, mm -hmm. I think I've seen it. I think I've witnessed it. I think that's the perpetrator. And it was described to look very similar to a dog, but hairless with thick, dark, scaly skin. Uh, sometimes they were described as having glowing red eyes and huge fangs, and they had very long back legs. We have a picture of one. As I mentioned, we'll always put visual assets on our Twitter page, at RedWebPod. Um, but just to give you a visual, because I love myself some movies, these dogs looked very much like the dogs from I Am Legend. The the infected dogs, I should oh, say. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Dude, I mean... You think dog, right? You think you think dog, but you look at it and you go, this some kind of hellhound. Like, yeah, it's it's it, right. Like you think, I mean, I'm looking at it and it's not like, oh, this is a hellhound. This is a it's fire and glowing eyes. I'm just like, no, it's just a gray hairless dog that is just way too big and lanky to be mm -hmm. a normal dog or a dog you find in the wild. Right. Just like slightly off where you look at it and you go, that ain't supposed to look like that. Right. Um, it's kind of unsettling in that way. Yeah. And, and I think that's the craziest thing because you see something over the top. It, it's it's terrifying, but also just like surprising. This is just like, uh-oh, what am I getting myself? What have I got myself into? Right. Oh, that's so cool to look at, though. And I want to say, too, what makes this even more unsettling is not just having this taxidermied animal here. And we'll go into the story behind this one specifically. But we have photos uh, a wide variety of photos outlining this creature or several creatures that look like this creature. Various corpses, various photographs, various videos. So there's something here. And I think that to me is what whets my appetite. That's what keeps me so compelled by this particular cryptid is because sure, there might be some more fantastic descriptions out there and some mm -hmm. stories, like you said, like with your family that might not be rooted in strong evidence, but there are things like this that make it seem, okay, maybe the reality within these stories is something to consider. But in 2000, a rancher in Nicaragua saw a creature attack his goats. So he goes out and he shoots it and kills it. And when he looks at the corpse of the creature that was attacking his goats, it looks like a hairless canid, right? A, a hairless type of, of dog. In 2007, we have Phyllis Canyon, she found her chickens dead with their throats torn and the chickens entirely devoid of blood. And this was in her ranch uh, in Cuero, Texas. She even said she saw the creature and described it as something skinny and hairless with gray skin. These attacks repeated for multiple days before neighbors finally spotted a carcass of whatever creature this was that matched Canyon's description. 
She took the body, she photographed it, she had it tested, and she even put it on display in her home, and that's the photo that you're looking at. It's the taxidermied corpse of whatever they found. What? Yeah. So, whether this is a creature that is being misattributed as the cause for her chicken's demise, or if this was the uh, the creature that did it, is, is still lightly up in the air. But this matches her description, and she is dead set on this being the creature that came after her chickens. And it also matches the description of a lot of other contiguous Latin American countries, right? Yeah. All the way up into the Northwest region of the US. This is, this is outside of Puerto Rico, this is the description. This is what it looks like. Wait, so, <clears throat> I mean, like, is this thing real? Have scientists done scientific, re like, investigating and, uh, all that jazz like what what yeah i mean they, they've tested it they've dug in there and we'll go into more details in in the uh in the theories but yes they have they have had many samples from many locations all claiming to be the chupacabra just like you would have many many hair samples and tissue samples of what was supposed to be bigfoot right yeah. and they test all of these things and they get various results and those will go to build out one of our main theories that I'm kind of excited to talk about. So wait, so they tested this thing out and and, and scienti certified scientists are saying that this thing is a, a, was a real creature. It's a real creature. So carcasses have been found of this thing, multiple. What? Yeah, 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 mostly in Texas. Uh, let me go ahead and give you a list so you can avoid these places for forever because we are living in Texas. Elmendorf, Blanco, and oddly enough, Fort Worth, very populous uh, city up now, uh, by Dallas, very uh, urban, lots of development. So it's interesting to see it in a, a more populated city type location. But anyway, a lot of these were found, matched the description that Canyon gave. Now here, here comes the good stuff. The DNA tests that were supposed to be the chupacabra carcasses ended up being, could you guess, coyotes, dogs, or raccoons, oddly enough, one of them was a fish. I don't know how they did that one. I don't know how they messed up that sample, but they all turned out to be creatures that were known and would look similar to some of the accounts that we have, right? Raccoons, dogs, and coyotes especially. Maybe not a fish with hind legs. I don't know about that one. Bro, what? Yeah. This is an act. What? what? I'm, my mind is blown right now. So we either have some dogs out there acting as the chupacabra, or the whole blood sucking part, right? Like, I mean, ooh. granted, it's it's got like huge canine teeth, but but like, does it have the ability to like suck out of them? I probably probably not. But but I don't know. Like, I I don't want to. Okay, I'm I'm really excited. We're we're almost to the theory section, but okay, I have my own little what? theory that I can't help but just talk about right now. What about this? And this is just off the top of my head. <laughs> you know. When you watch those movies about Dracula mm -hmm. and he's like, I'm the lead uh, vampire. And when I die, they all die. But I convert people into vampires. And then I have my little like goth cult of vampire right. buddies. And we, we sit around in our leather and, and drink blood from wine glasses. Now, what if in a less fantastic way, we have a creature in Puerto Rico that does match the large red eyes and scaly nature and spines down the back, etc. Maybe it did sprout wings at some point. 
maybe it did fly across the waters to hit the mainland. And maybe, just maybe, it tried to infect the wrong, or maybe it tried to suck the wrong dog. And something went wrong, it got scared off, didn't suck it dry. The dog picked up some sort of uh, vampiric viral DNA and now they're infected, and so we have a, a new species of dog running around with some half-vampire business. And now we got packs of vampire dogs. You think we'd see more of these? Mo- mm. Hey, it sounds like we're picking up corpses all over Texas. Hmm? Like, what? I mean, it's so good, I want to write a script. Like someone should chase this story. It, it's hard for me to... Uh, what? Let me build out that reality more. The, the thing didn't have a history until the 90s, or maybe the 70s, right? With the, yeah. the Vampiro... De, uh, anyway. So what if this is a creature that evolves very quickly? And that's why some people didn't see it with it. I'm going off the deep end, audience. I am yeah, my tin, I have a tinfoil hat on my tinfoil hat. I'm having a good time right now. But what if it like evolves quickly because it came out of some weird lab and then it went and infected some like canids right some canine type creatures raccoons dogs coyotes it disappears it flies back to its home planet and then we're left with a bunch of uh hellhounds or something now it's (laughs) flying back to its home planet boy (laughs) you come back to reality please okay okay (laughs) come on i just wanted to have have fun with that one oh you did I'm just, I had to spit that out because it was itching in my brain. And now if a movie comes out just like that, royalties, now I'll take, you know. I'll take royalties and you, you can know. scoot on by what? Spielberg. What in the hell? I'm still <laughs> so blown by one. Now it's going off planet. And two, it's just the fact that this thing has been found a couple of times. What? Okay. There's, there's, uh, so let's, I'll bring it back down to the, to the grounded reality here. We have a bunch of carcasses found across Texas, found across these, these locations of uh, eyewitness accounts, right? And, and there's plenty of dead livestock to go around. And these DNA tests come back with nothing but mundane results, really. Eh, mm-hmm. no, this is, a, this is a dog, this is a coyote, raccoon. That one's a fish. What's strange, though, is there was, um, in recent years some cases of cattle mutilation with very precise cuts. That's a piece of the story I haven't really dived in. Divin? Doved? Dived into before. Mm -hmm. The the precise cuts. And and so I wanted to dig into this a little bit separately because these were also attributed to the chupacabra. In Argentina, there were multiple reports of mutilated cattle with precise surgical-like cuts as recently as 2018. And in 2019, in Sylvie's Valley Ranch up in Oregon, we have five young purebred bulls that were all found dead and they were drained of blood, reportedly had their tongues and genitals precisely removed. And there are other stories out there of not just the holes in the neck, but of precise cuts. These are just a couple, but I thought that that was very interesting to, to add to the picture because now it really starts to set us up for for the theories and, and trying to mm-hmm. kind of connect all of these dots to see, okay, what, what might be happening here and what is beyond the reality? Wild. This is just a wild story. This is a crazy story. It's very crazy. Now, as I mentioned before, the descriptions of the Puerto Rican chupacabra versus the many others in Mexico, the U.S., etc., they are different. But that doesn't change the theories. The theories still attempt to address them as a collection, as as one entity. Some kind of lean more towards one direction than the others, but 
Regardless, there isn't like two different theories for two different creatures or anything. Just wanted to say that. But okay. the first theory we're going to talk about is is that of mass panic. It's it's very reminiscent of when we did the cryptids of yore, right? We did Mothman and Jersey Devil and, and Bigfoot. And a lot of these tend to circle around the idea of maybe there's some mass panic involved. But we have Benjamin Radford who studied the Chupacabra for five years before writing a book on it called Tracking the Chupacabra. Now, he theorizes that... Tolentino's sighting was likely inspired by the movie that she saw only a week prior to her incident. That movie was called Species. In this film, there is a team of scientists that tries to stop a female alien from mating with a human male. The alien was a shapeshifter, could look many different ways, and in its original form, it didn't look all that different from what Tolentino claims to have seen. Some other parts of the movie were actually filmed in Puerto Rico, so there is a strong groundwork here for this being a, a fantastic story, that this was based on some fictional movies that had come out around that time and were actually localized to that area. The only wrinkle, though, in that attempted explanation is that it doesn't really solve what they experienced. And it doesn't answer to the, the countless strange animal attacks across Puerto Rico it doesn't really address the attacks on the community's livestock at large. I mean, these were these were factually happening, and it's ultimately unknown what would be causing these attacks if not this story. So it starts to get, I guess it just gets really muddy. The yeah. wires get very crossed. Is this a made-up story? Did copycats start to take that story and do it themselves, i.e. humans perpetuating these things? Was it a little bit of both? Is there actually a creature out there? It's hard to say, but the fact is there was some real livestock death going on. And mm -hmm. yes, it's nice that this this movie coming out does really address some of Tolentino's story. It's a lovely theory. Doesn't fully get the whole thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I get it. I remember that movie. <laughs> I got to look that up. Let me see, let me see this species. It was. Yeah, it was like a, a female was like running around trying to like find the perfect oh. mate and uh oh and then reproduce. Ooh, that's creepy. Ooh, that's yeah. creepy looking. Yeah, that's creepy looking. I think it's oh. like a sequel too. The baby. Well, what if? Okay, I adjust my theory, mm -hmm. and I guess there's already a movie for this thing, so never mind. Species two. The second one. There is already a second one. No, but this is what this one's called. Species uh, two, God, the third. <laughs> Chupacabra is an alien, but instead of human-based, these aliens are like the canines are the main species of this planet because they look most similar to us. This thing flies down, sucks up a couple of goats, flies over, intermingles with some of the, the dogs around the Texas area. And now we have these hybrids. Same story, different origin. Wild. Let's move on. <laughs> Wild. Wild. Hey, everybody. Trevor Collins here again, as always. Just part in the seas here of the mystery to talk to you directly into your eardrums. Just a reminder to everybody who has been tweeting us and commenting and everything. If you have recommendations, there is a new way to reach out to us at RedWeb at roosterteeth.com. We have an email. That's right. We've entered the early 2000s. Would you believe it? I've got dial up and it goes. 
and then you get online. Hopefully they don't use my vocal rendition of the dial-up tone and uh, instead replace it with an actual dial-up tone. And if they don't, I'm incredibly embarrassed, but that's okay. Nobody clip this and save it. It's fine. Hey, and there's something else I want to talk to you all about. Now that you know that we have an email at roosterteeth.com, blow your minds, that is our parent company. And we actually have an annual convention every year called RTX. This year, it will be all digital, just for the safety of it all, but we will have some red web opportunities. We have a panel there, we have some after hours events that you can buy a ticket for, which I think you guys are amazing. You already sold it out the moment it went online, but that doesn't mean a thing because the panel is still there for all of you to be able to listen to, get a little bit of behind the scenes peek, how we come up with the topics, how we receive the topics from you all, what we do as far as the research, how we put the podcast together. Everybody from the team will be there from uh, me and Alfredo to our researchers, to our editors. It'll all be right there in front of you. We're going to talk to you guys. We're going to answer your questions. It's going to be super exciting. So if you want to check at RTX, and I highly recommend you do. It's rtxevent.com. We have so many other things going on. If you are just a geek, you love nerd culture, you love pop culture, you love comedy, gaming, anything in between, we have a little bit of everything for you. So uh, feel free to check it out. It's an awesome time, and it's one of my favorite times of the year. So tune in. But with that said, let's talk about some of our sponsors for today's episode. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by Brook Linen. We're all spending a lot of time at home and you want to make your home a refuge, an oasis, your personal zen zone, as it were. So max out on extra soft sheets, super plush towels, and loungewear from Brook Linen. I'm talking incredibly soft and breathable sheets, plush and absorbent towels, cozy robes, and comfy loungewear that you'll want to put on and never take off. And if you're working at home, you don't have to take it off. Just block the camera. Don't let your boss know you're working in the PJs. Totally fine. Brooklinen is so confident in their core products that each comes with a 365-day warranty, and fans are confident too. Brooklinen has received over 75,000 five-star reviews. I was fortunate enough to receive some Brooklinen sheets from the company, and they are stellar. They are my go-to sheets now. Truly very comfortable, buttery smooth, as they call them. They don't taste like butter. I did try that. Wouldn't recommend eating the sheets, but I do recommend them on the bed, nice and comfy, slick right in there, very comfortable, uh, especially if you take a, sh oh gosh, my pre-bed routine, take that shower, slip right into those sheets, good night, basically uh, sleeping like the dead. So go give yourself the comfort refresh that you deserve and get it less at Brooklinen. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code REDWEB to get $20 off, let them know we sent you, and that's with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code REDWEB for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. Let them know we sent you, get some comfort in your life. That's brooklinen.com, promo code REDWEB. This episode of Red Web is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. They offer a broad range of expertise that might be harder to find locally. You can schedule regular weekly phone calls or video sessions with your therapist. You can log into your account at any time to send a message to your counselor and you'll get a timely, thoughtful response. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today 
So visit betterhelp.com slash redweb. That's better H E L P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash redweb. Let them know we sent you and look after your own mental health and uh, love yourself. And with all that said, let's jump right back into the chupacabra. All right. Now, the leading theory is the one I want to talk about next. And it's a pretty simple one. But looking at the creatures that have been killing the livestock around Puerto Rico and in the Southwest, a lot of people actually think that these are canines with sarcoptic mange. Sarcoptic mange is commonly referred to as just mange, but it's caused by mites and they burrow into the upper layer of the skin and they cause intense itching. They lead to hair loss because of that and skin discoloration. The skin can become scaly and thick because of those things. And I would imagine that these are very common in wild coyotes and dogs. And uh, if left untreated, I, I don't know if this could make a dog entirely hairless or if that's an advanced stage of this particular condition. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that that does come to mind when I look at a hairless dog. I go, well, is this an advanced and scary case of mange? I mean, man, that's wild, man. I mean, the, what is, the thing is, like, the structure of its face and everything doesn't even really look like a, a, a normal creature, wolf, dog that you'd see out there. That's true. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, even if you're losing all your hair and this infection, all that kind of stuff, I don't know about it changing its bone structure. Right. It, I mean, it does look very long, lanky, and big. It's like the the skin is pulled tightly over the skeletal structure, so it looks very lean. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we just take for granted things. Like, have you ever seen photoshops of, like, what birds would look like without feathers or what, what various creatures would look like without their hair? These and it's just really like, I mean, maybe that's whatever this dog is or whatever these dogs are. Maybe that's just kind of what's going on. But Allison Diesel of Texas A&M University specializes in inflammatory skin conditions in animals specifically. And she stated that the mangy dog is typically very sparsely haired to near bald with red or hyperpigmented black thickened skin. And that does kind of line up with what we're seeing here and what eyewitness accounts are saying. And then we have a biologist coming through from Texas State University who received DNA samples from the chupacabra found at Canyon's Ranch, who we talked about before. And they found these particular samples to be from a coyote. And this could potentially explain why it looks slightly different from a dog as you and I would would know Mm -hmm. them. They look like dogs, but there's definitely some subtle differences in their body that I'm not versed on. Furthermore, within this theory, we have Bill Shutt of the American Museum of Natural History over in New York, and he said unequivocally, that is not how real-world blood-sucking creatures actually behave. And that kind of makes sense, because a lot of animals that survive off of consuming only blood, according to Shutt, are small and have specialized teeth and digestive systems, very similar to a vampire bat. Vampire bats aren't swooping down and sucking cows fully dry. Instead, they kind of, they'll bite you. Much like, again, if you think of like a tick or or the kissing bug or whatever. They'll mm-hmm. bite you. They have specialized saliva to keep the blood from coagulating so it stays flowing. And then they just lick away. They bite you somewhere behind the ear or something. Yeah. And then they just lap it up and off they go. 
a creature the size of a dog would struggle, if not, it might be even, even impossible to survive only on blood. It would need to eat so much blood so often that this would probably be a, an enormous problem, unless whatever this creature is, is resilient, can get around and can live a long time and not produce or not procreate to create a bunch of them. I don't know. But he's basically saying that if the creature is what they say it is, and it's the size of a dog, it's biologically very unlikely that those combinations can exist, and that this dog or this creature would need some other form of sustenance, or that something else is happening. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I needed to hear. I needed a professional to come and, and tell me how, like, this would actually work if it did, and I'm happy with this, because, right, like, how in the hell is this dog gonna, like, jump in and suck blood and it just doesn't right that's just that's the kind of stuff we see in movies mm-hmm right unless out there so it, yes right it's like you make a little tear slicks away it wouldn't make sense for something this big and that's how it mainly feeds i feel yeah. like we would see so many pictures and and photos and videos and or something like of this of this thing i mean sure we've apparently caught and killed a couple of them but like oh man i don't know I, sure right like i don't know maybe it's just like off chance of, of something like this happening and it's happened a couple of times and we've just so happened to catch these couple times but man that's just sheer luck then yeah well to kind of complicate the situation further to refer back to radford you know He's looking at a couple of autopsies of some of the victim chickens and goats, and their blood levels appeared to be normal in these autopsies, or as they're referred to here as necropsies, essentially the same thing. Now, if their blood levels are normal, that really wipes out a whole leg of only a few for this entire cryptid, for this entire case to stand up because then everything's essentially based on a lie. These holes in the neck might not even exist. And if they do, it doesn't mean that the blood is drained till nothing. If they have normal yeah. blood levels, then we just have someone puncturing these animals in the <laughs> yeah. neck and killing them yep. or something. But yeah, I mean, it, that's, it's, a, it's an interesting point. Now, I don't know much beyond that uh, regarding the autopsy report or if that's consistent through all of the stories but uh, that is something that Radford referred to specifically. But coming back to Canyon's creature, whatever they have in hand, this creature, whatever it is, would have to have an extremely advanced case of mange because it is totally hairless. Now, again, I have to admit my ignorance in this realm. I don't know how often uh, a, a dog or anything stricken with mange would go entirely hairless before succumbing to the uh, situation or otherwise overcoming it. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but it certainly isn't most cases. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you to go to Google Images and look up dogs with mange. I just, I wouldn't go there. It's upsetting, Ooh. but you're not going to see a lot of them totally hairless. And, and that could be why this creature is attacking uh, out of pain and discomfort. It could be attacking various livestock. And ultimately it wound up dead and we don't know exactly how this creature died, except for if it was a coyote with advanced mange and maybe succumbed to it in some way. And that's why the neighbors found it because it was found dead. And, and the neighbors were like, oh, this matches what you were saying, Mrs. Canyon. Is this the creature? And then she's like, yes. So it's not, you know, 
I don't know. There, there is definitely possibility here that this was an animal with mange lashing out in its last throes of life, unfortunately, before it passed away of natural causes and was found. If mange is classified as hair loss and can spread rapidly to the entire body, which would be full body hair loss, and it's also classified with extreme discomfort, and it can lead to death within a couple weeks or months due to starvation and exposure to the elements, that matches, to me, a coyote with an advanced case lashing out at farm animals to say, I'm starving, I'm desperately uncomfortable, I'm not having a good time, I'm trying to, to maybe get my fill here, and then, like, off they run, and then eventually, Canyon's coyote here passes away before the neighbors find it, and, th you know, this theory makes sense to me. The thing is, though, like, it's still, again, the bone structure. Like, does it, does it change? Can it alter the bone structure of a, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is the bone structure of, like, a wolf or something like that, but, like, it is... I don't know, it just seems so different than even if you just took a wolf and shaved it down. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see this, like, here, I got this photo of a coyote. Now, I can see how the face and ears of this coyote, which are this typically the distinguishing factors for a coyote over a, a dog, I can see how the facial structure here is very similar. And if the DNA results are coming back saying this is a coyote, I am pretty good with that. It could be the angle of the picture kind of distorting the pose of the body or distorting the, the proportions, but I have to admit I don't know enough about the, the bodily structure here of this creature to, to say one way or the other if it's uh, something like a new creature or not. Yeah. You know? ah, man, it's crazy. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's, it's probably just the picture that's throwing me off because I'm, cause I'm looking at the size of it too compared to like the deer and the zebra in the background. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like it's as large. Oh, no, I, I don't think it's that large. I don't think it's that large. I think it's definitely because it's in the foreground for sure. Yeah. And that, that's also just the bust. I think the head of a zebra. But now that I see the photo that I sent you of the coyote next to this thing, the ears, the profile, how they're kind of swooped back. Yeah. And how the nose is relatively broad, but long. I, maybe not long. It's a very slender dog, but compared to the brow, it doesn't kind of. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking like, like wolf, but coy the coyote picture that you're sending me. Uh, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. We'll put this coyote photo in in the uh, on the red web Twitter page as well, just so you guys can all see what we're talking about. But, but anyway, I guess like there is still a wrinkle though within this theory. This theory doesn't explain the sightings in Puerto Rico uh, due to the creature's different appearance. Now this is you know it's interesting. I, I think the mange theory is a strong one, and that's why it is one of the leading theories, if not the leading theory but it wouldn't cause an animal to have spines. It wouldn't necessarily uh, cause an animal to have glowing red eyes. So what were the people in Puerto Rico seeing and what was going on over there? That's what I think is so fascinating still. Like some variant, but then at the same time, it's like, what? I don't know, like, you know, wolves, I don't think vary that much, right? Yeah, not a whole lot. I mean, dogs certainly do. And it could be like, kind of like red eye, you see a dog in the night, you can, like, it's not always in photos that you get that flash, that red eye. It can also be in the night, especially for animals like dogs or cats or owls. If you see their, their pupils are wide in the night. And so if you look at them at a certain angle, light can refract back out of their eye 
And maybe mm-hmm. that's why they saw glowing red eyes. I, I don't know. Uh, but, that, yeah, that I can believe. Yeah. But now while you and I talk about coyotes, the next theory really dives into responding actually to some of our questions and comments. And that theory at large is that this is an undiscovered creature of some kind. It doesn't have to be wildly out of our imagination for that to be true. Uh, Many people who have witnessed the chupacabra or what it has left behind do not believe that it could simply be a mangy dog or a coyote. Canyon herself says that she knows what a coyote looks like. She knows what a coyote with mange looks like and that this was unlike anything she had ever seen before. I have to disagree with what she's showing in her house, but if, if she sees it in person moving, it's worth taking that with a grain of salt. Another key piece of what Canyon was talking about is she's saying coyotes typically take their kill with them. They're probably pretty opportunistic and why would they like bite it, attempt to suck it dry or just bite it to kill it and then walk off, especially since they're, they tend to be scavengers and they don't go, it's not like they're eating three meals a day kind of thing. Another piece that kind of builds the case here a little bit is that the teeth from bodies of chupacabra from Texas are very pronounced and they all have very similar hairless gray skin. So maybe, just maybe, this is a new species of canine or even a hybrid of a different species, somewhere between canine and coyote or, you know, whatever. I mean, coyote is technically canine, but you know what I mean? It could just be a new species that we haven't seen before and maybe it only recently came about and it is slowly perpetuating and these uh whatever's going on with this livestock is being attributed to this new creature it's hard to say i mean yeah it's interesting evolution is a is a real proven thing Mm -hmm. it's just man no that crazy as hell though (laughs) that'd be so just so wild of just like yeah this new creature came out just happened to to come about and and that's all right that's not that's not crazy that's just life and nature but like yeah man my god (laughs) I mean, to me, like the more likely scenario isn't necessarily that the base creature is what's new, but whatever is afflicting the creature, the canine, the coyote, the dog, whatever, whatever is afflicting them might be new. Maybe it's a a form of mange that takes over the whole body, but doesn't necessarily lead to death right away. Or maybe it's combined or altered, or maybe it's a completely different disease of some sort that leads to similar symptoms being hairless, ravenous, blah, 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 but hasn't yet been discovered or hasn't been identified. So we don't know that. I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, just this whole last year, humans had a virus crossover to our species for the first time. This variant, I should say. And that was new to us. Who's to say this doesn't happen to animals in the wild? It absolutely does. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's not an undiscovered creature, but rather an undiscovered uh, illness or affliction of some sort. Right. That combined with the idea that <sighs> this is simply dogs with some sort of unknown disease, now that is compelling. All right. I will say that is compelling stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, okay. All right. Now we're <laughs> now starting to get in line with stuff that, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the same vein of compelling evidence-based grounded theories there is one more theory that i want to dive into and that is awkward silence crickets please mm. aliens and test subjects i mean the only the, <laughs> <laughs> the only reason why i'm not it's completely ruling this i mean aliens i'm ruling it out 
test subjects. How dare you? It is almost June 1st, by the way. (laughs) I'm not ruling uh, test subjects. That's because, uh, yeah, I mean, sure, I could see scientists or government wanting to experiment on dogs and whatnot. It's just wild that they would actually get out. Um, These dogs don't seem like they're anything that's super uh, insane that can get out of like a a, a lockdown facility. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe it's just a weird kind of like cinematic storyline that happened in real life and people found out and tried to release some of them into the wild and they walked over and got shot somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Man. I, oh, man. You know what? You, you just sparked a memory with me and Skinwalker Ranch. And if these are if these guys are stomping around the area, if they're, they're all the way up in Oregon, they can be over at Skinwalker Ranch. Utah's on the way. Maybe that wolf that we talked about that bit onto the nose of the cow and took a couple of shots from like from a shotgun and a handgun and then turned and left. Maybe that maybe that was I don't know, man. I know I'm I, I was being facetious before, but maybe that is involved with this in some way. We've got a dog latching on to the upper half of, a, of an animal, potentially sucking it dry as we speak. Living through some shots, though, and then disappearing into the wilderness. I don't know where that came from. You just, you really just like lit a, like a little wires went, you, you hot wired my brain there. But yeah, I'll, I'll say, I'll come back to the theory. Okay. It, it's possible. It is, yes, that there is some sort of, you know, it's sciencey subject going on, some experimentation. And the, <laughs> these are sciencey subject. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and these creatures meandered out of the lab and, and started getting, put down or whatever. I don't, I don't know. But, uh, but one of the initial theories about the Chupacabra when this all went down, even, even as far back as the Vampiro de Mocha, mm-hmm. was that these were aliens. It's not an uncommon direction to turn. A lot of people tend to go to the alien thing. And I think it's interesting. And, and you know, a couple days away from uh, the government declassifying whatever they know on aliens, maybe they're real and they, uh, and everything is meaningless. We'll, we'll find out soon. But Luis Torres and his children claimed to have seen lights. Now, this is going back to Vampiro de Moca in 1975. Okay. Now, when that was going down, they were seeing lights similar to police flashers above a field of animals, which were later found dead outside of Moca. So this is going back to that original circumstance. And the, like I said, the night before, there were lights in the sky above the field where the animals were found dead. And I can't help but notice like the pragmatic in me says, you got police flashers, where the police on the scene, maybe there was some sort of yep. criminal activity that night and they only saw the lights. And then in the morning they saw the aftermath. Did the police know anything more? Or was it just happenstance that these lights were red and blue or whatever they might be in Puerto Rico at that time? Maybe a just similar color theme or something. I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that you talk about red and blue lights, it's just, well, they say police flashers. Police That's the flashers? only detail I I know, mm. but they tend to be, you know, white or red and blue. And, and I just don't know what they would be at this point in time in Puerto Rico. But another interesting tidbit that kind of, okay, does play into this arena to give it some credence is that, you're right, those precise cuts. A lot of creatures and livestock that were killed by the chupacabra were cut with precision, sometimes perfect circles or triangles. And right, they had their tongues removed when we refer to the cows up in Oregon. So does it necessarily have to be aliens? No. But 
is it possible if you want to suspend disbelief or if you are a believer, do you, do aliens maybe come down and experiment not only with humans, but livestock? It's entirely possible, especially when you say that there's some very precise cuts that a creature of it would ha it would probably have to be at that point an alien or a human. Right. I don't mm -hmm. I don't think uh, my dog's going to whip out the scalpel and exactly, you know, but I'm sure I guess you could you could say aliens with such precision. I mean, I'm more inclined to say, you know, some humans. Right. Some some doctor went off off the some, rails. Some people are just doing some weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but to kind of I know this this is two different theories kind of smashed into one and and you can kind of they, they have a heavy overlap. But to kind of build out this theory a little bit more is that some do think that this is the result of animal experimentation. That could be on the livestock side, but it could also be on the chupacabra side. Was whatever created this creature, this chupacabra, the results of human experimentation on animals, the playing around with uh, with viruses or biology in some way. Now that does sound strange, but is absolutely possible if you think about it. Yeah, just doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. I think we could all pretty much agree that someone somewhere is doing stuff they shouldn't be doing and oh, absolutely. getting some kind of result that is probably terrifying and whatnot. Like you can't you can't police the world, you know what I mean? Uh you can't put a shield of armor around it. Tony Stark tried and he failed miserably. He created Ultron. You know, it's just not possible. It leads to yeah, bad but Ultron things. died. I mean, sometimes mm. you gotta have a couple speed bumps before you really <laughs> iron it out. We did get vision out of it. <laughs> uh, and then Thanos. And then half yeah. the universe and then not. Uh but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I know that we talk sometimes about suspending our disbelief, or we talk very much like ghosts aren't real or, or aliens aren't real or whatever. And I know we have a broad set of opinions and beliefs in our audience, and I don't mean any disrespect to any position. I really do find all of these deeply fascinating. And honestly, I checked my fake watch. When the clock goes past 11 at night and, and the sun sets and everything's dark, my my superstition bar goes way up. It's it's all about the the environment that I'm sitting in, and right now it's all very clinical and informative. And so in that right. way, I'm like, nah, that's not fine. But if you put me out there in the field, I'm like, it's real. I need to get out of here. Like it. <laughs> yeah. But I okay. So I, I just wanted to address that because I know some people uh, find it that it rubs them the wrong way, and I don't want you to think that we're discounting anything or or whatever. We hear you. But to some, I just want to say here, the chupacabra could be an alien or an animal hybrid of some sort that escaped a testing facility in Puerto Rico. What's interesting here, too, is that Puerto Rico is one of the testing locations for Agent Orange. I don't want to dive all into that and what that is, but very simply, it's a chemical that was used in herbicidal warfare. And so if it's being tested in the wilderness here in Puerto Rico, uh, it, oh. it is possible, at least if you use like maybe let your mind wander into comic book origin territory that this chemical could have either damaged or harmed creatures in a way, maimed them to look that way, uh, or messed with their own biology and created birth defects that created creatures that would be a one generation stop, right? A one generation right. moment of yeah. creatures that do and act weirdly and have nothing else that we've ever seen before. Because remember, we had something happen in 1975, and then we were kind of silent, and then we had something happen in 95, and we've had things ever since. But it's not like there's a long story here, so there has to be a start at some point. And that's, I think, another compelling piece of this. Like, how did it start, why did it start, and what 
started it? Like, what even all is all of this? I don't know. But okay, but then how do they get over to the? That's a good question. And why, why do they look so different? Why do they look so different? How to get over to what? what I guess Texas. Uh, yeah, they, they're in Mexico, Mexico, and then up into Texas in the southwest region of the U.S., and then some claims all the way up in Oregon. So maybe they're scooping their way up the west coast. Yeah, I mean, I, look, that's how Godzilla was created. You know, yeah, nuclear tests, testing things we shouldn't have been testing, and again. We don't know. Maybe we got a whole episode on Hollow Earth, and maybe that's where Godzilla lives. Oh, we, there's so much so going crazy. on. There's so wild. There's some wild stories regarding that. <laughs> some uh, ooh, some like a pilot flying down in there. There's some stories. Re- can, what? Can, yep. Maybe another oh, episode. Get you your appetite. How you survive getting going down that deep? Come <laughs> well, you, on. We flew back out. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, uh, if, I, if I'm ever to believe any of this. Uh huh. I, w- I would think it's just some type of experiment gone wrong or something like sure. that. I don't, I, don't I, know. I, I would think so too. Or, or maybe like an outbreak of, of mange or of some sort of disease. Yeah, some kind of chemical, whether human made or the, a, a disease that shifted, if I was to believe it in any way, shape, or form. Mm hmm. Well, you never know what to believe with the government, especially when it comes to unsolved mysteries and theories. With regards to, like, let's close the chapter here on aliens and test subjects. Uh, you know, a lot of people believe that this is maybe the pet of an alien, and that's why it doesn't look as humanoid as the greys that we're familiar with in stories. And a lot of people saying these DNA samples that we have uncovered and given over to government facilities and scientific research companies, mm-hmm. that they're just covered up. That they they found that, yes, we did have the DNA sample of something interesting, but they said, no, nope, don't look into it any further. This is just a coyote. Look the other way. And I mean, I can't, I guess I can't deny that. I'm not in the room with the drop of blood. I, I don't know. But I guess you'll always be able to have a theory if you, if you uh, are a little skeptic of everything. Yeah. But fascinating nonetheless. But that's it. That's the chupacabra. Damn. How's that line up with, uh, with your family stories? I mean, the or family, does it? The, the family story is just like this little gremlin type creature with fangs. Okay. And how... And how it would it would terrorize the small villages. Uh-huh. Um, you know, my my uncles would talk about how they knew a friend who who knows a cousin and it would terrorize like, you know, their village and blood would be everywhere and it's a small little gremlin like creature with fangs. That's what I was always kind of like told and pictured in my head. My grandma was always trying to use it as an excuse to punish me. Where like you know it started going after kids and stuff like that, like trying to piggyback off of like the conversation that was happening. If you don't use your, if you don't do your chores, I'm gonna sit you outside with the chupacabra. Then I just kept going like, okay, well this is all happening like Mexico, so like, cool. I'm man, I'm all the way up in California. (laughs) I was like, gotta come up with something better than that, Grandma. Grandma's got the material now. Now that they're in Oregon as recently as a few years ago. Grandma's got the goods. She, gonna she's going to deliver down. on those fears. It ain't good. Look, if I, <laughs> it's got if I, wings now. Look, <laughs> I, it, I'm just telling you right now, the creature like that swooped down to the ghettos of San Francisco. It better come with something more than some fangs. That's it all I'm come saying. Packing. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. People will not hesitate to open <laughs> fire in the streets. It's Dude, not I, that type of friendly neighborhood. <laughs> I, I love that your instinct is, despite everything we've talked about and your I'm the man in the chair kind of 
attitude, which I heavily respect, by the way. I think it's wise. I love that your instinct for the chupacabra in particular is like, if that thing comes at me, it's only four foot. I will Spartan kick that thing. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> like, I, just, I just love that. This is the one we have finally found. Unless we push the line closer and closer to you until we forced you across, we have found your threshold for where you're willing to get out into the field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about little, little tiny creatures like that, then maybe, maybe we could, we could talk about it. Maybe make some moves. <laughs> maybe bubble wrap me or something like that. With oh a shield. man. I want, I want to go cryptid hunting. I want, I want to get out there. I want to like, I want to go, fun. I want to collaborate with the, the mountain men, whatever that show is. The ones that are like supposedly hunting Bigfoot and like, oh, by yeah. God, I lured them in with a chupacabras. <laughs> and, uh, and then, and then the Bigfoot let the chupacabra out and, the, and then they all escaped into the night. Wild show. That'd be a fun show. <laughs> Look, uh, don't, yeah, I'm not trying to hunt down like cybercrime or these weird cults because that type of stuff is real but oh god no 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 no. some crazy creatures i I look i'll go right i'll go entertain the fact that the mothman's origins were at this location right we don't we don't have there's no chupacabra auditors and filing cabinets you're not going to wind up on a list when you go hunting the mothman or the jersey devil you're going to wind up on a list of some sort you go chasing down a cult oh yeah or a oh, cybercrime yeah. sort of activity thing. Oh, before we leave, by the way, before we end oh. the show, I wanted to say this at the top, uh, because this is very recent as of the recording of this episode. A lot of you have been directly involved with a with a, maybe an ARG that's happening recently. Let me pull up some of the tweets that we've got. But a lot of people have been getting these uh, really interesting cards is all the only way I can describe them. They're like black cards with green graphics on it. And it says they're coming. And they look like the the printout from an old school computer like what the 80s thought the future would look like so if you look at a computer from alien how it has that green printout and that kind of square font oh, on the black yeah. background i saw yeah. a tweet from that yeah uh so thank you all so much for sending us the photos of these cards there's a whole subreddit about it but yeah i just wanted to talk about that for a hot second thank you all for for continuing to engage us and show us mysteries from across the world that you guys stumble into and this one seems really intriguing with how many of you have found yourselves at the center of it. So thank you. They're coming is it's what it's called. That's ominous. Mm, we, maybe we'll find out June 1st when the aliens are declassified and uh, Barack Obama comes out and says, nope, yeah, I, I had dinner with an alien. Is that supposed to happen? I don't know. I don't know. But that's, I, have you, have you, listen, I don't know if, if the internet has scooped up my data and sold it to some wild, crazy kids, but I'm seeing nothing but CIA declassifications and UFO <laughs> footage all over the place. That's all my TikTok feed is. It's all the, it, like, and I don't know if it's just me or if that is something that's actually going on, but it sounds like UFO is becoming a, it's not just a, ah, uh, that's just a thing. Oh, that's nothing. It sounds like the government is actually recognizing it. And so now I'm starting to go, but what is going on? But like recognizing it in the way of like, unidentified aircraft they're not sure. saying like aliens like this could be some kind of new tech or something you know some crazy kite that went up into the air whatnot no like just they're unid- talking they're talking about are craft they? that are that have no obvious means of propulsion that they're diving in and out of the water they're i mean they're referring to footage that is open and available now but the way they're talking about it might have to do an episode on whatever's going on unless this is all a cover-up i don't know i don't know but if you're not getting the UFO footage, maybe I should just continue ignoring it. I don't know. 
<laughs> something's up. Something's up. I'm just saying it. Oh man, that's it's feeling it's feeling stinky. Wild. Right? Could you imagine we go through this whole year and this whole year of quarantine was nothing because at the end of the day, aliens arrived and cured us of all illness and technology is so advanced that money yeah. is meaningless. And we are all just like, stop going to school. We just downloaded it to your brains. And we just go, oh, the meaning of life is I'm just living now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, all right. Uh, anyways, wild times. Uh, but that's been the Chupacabra. Uh, as always, I'm sure there are very niche details that we might have missed over, but that's what we do here. We we crack open every week a brand new mystery and uh, and from a wide variety of backgrounds. So we're not going to be your experts in, you know, in the pocket that dive into everything as much as we want to. We try to get as yeah. much detail as possible. But man, always have a good time. But with that said, you know, we'll see you next Monday, Fredo, for another mystery. This was a fun one. I'm glad we dove into this and... Uh... You know, it's just it's just some weird wolf and no hair. Yeah. A nice little string of less nefarious mysteries. Yeah. It's kind of nice palate yeah, cleanser. But I feel we'll like, see yeah. what we have next week. Yeah, yep, there it is. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.